Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm Probably Right. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, but mainly on the Believe Network. That's B L E A V dot com. Check us out, rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. And of course, you know, you can find us all other places uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. But go to Believe first. My man Kevin Cleveland is running the boards, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's up? How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good, Reggie. I'm looking forward to talking sports because we, as we talked in our pre-production meeting, uh, I've been recording other things I'm not so happy about. Yeah, yeah. Kevin is doing uh, audiobooks. Hours and hours of audiobooks for y'all's listening pleasure. Yeah, let's Lazy talk Lazy asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk. I always feel like people who listen, because I've never listened to an audiobook, but I know people re- recently who've just been telling me, yeah, I listened to this book. I listened to this book. I listened to this book. I'm like, when did you read the damn book? Well, you know, it was just easier to listen. Yeah, or watch the movie, because it's two hours is better than 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But this week on I'm Probably Right, we are going to talk about March Sadness finally coming to an end, Coach K's retirement. We're also going to talk about Russell Wilson and the square that he seems to be. We'll touch on the Lakers' disappointing season. We're going to get into Tiger Tiger Woods back at the Masters, y'all. But first up. So... March Sadness, or or what the general public likes to call it, March Madness, came to a close this Monday with the final game being the Kansas Jayhawks versus the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, where the Kansas Jayhawks came back from the largest deficit in NCAA men's final basketball championship game history to beat the North Carolina Tar Heels. It was a great game. Kevin, did you watch the game? You know, I missed the, the I didn't watch, I watched the final four. I didn't get to the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just like we talked about earlier, I was calling it March Sadness because I didn't know a damn thing about basically any of these teams. Hell, I didn't know anybody. I didn't really know anybody on the Tar Heels except for the uh, the Baycott kid. Um, I saw them when they played against Duke and they beat Coach K at Cameron Indoor Stadium for Coach K's last home game, which was so fun to watch. Um, and I'm not, this is what people think. People think that I'm a, a Coach K hater or I don't hate Coach K. I just don't like Duke, really, right? I never got caught up in the whole Duke is great. and this. And They've always had some good players. I like them, but I was always a Fab Four dude. When the Fab Four came, I was about them as opposed to the Duke Cats. And if you have not seen, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Fab Five, <laughs> the Fab Five. If you have not seen the Fab Five documentary, I think it's a, it's a 30 for 30 or an ESPN documentary. It's so dope. It really goes into how, you know, 
how it broke down along culture lines between black people as well. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of black dudes that love uh, the Fab Five were kind of like dudes who wanted to be down with the hip hop hip hop culture and and kind of streetwise and whatever. And then the Duke black dudes is always the well to do kind of preppy cats. So it kind of broke along racial lines. But even as a youngster, I always wanted to be down with the Fab Five more than I wanted to be down with Duke because I just thought they was just a bunch of you know rich kids, right? Um, so I don't hate Coach K. I think he's a dope coach, but I think he gets so much credit for doing the things that a lot of coaches do. He's just had the marketing, he's had the money, and he's just had, you know what I'm saying, the stage to do what he's done. And, you know what I mean? Like, so more power to him that he's done it. But I don't look at Coach K as, you know, when people talk about he's just the greatest basketball coach of all time. No, I, I don't know. I mean, there's been some greater coaches. Jerry Tarkanian is one of the greatest, to me, is maybe the greatest basketball coach of all time. John Wooden, of course. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was a special joy watching Duke lose in the Final Four because they lost to their in-state rival, North Carolina Tartars. I mean, their arch nemesis. Coach K's arch nemesis sent him home with an L for the rest of his life. Can you imagine how that must feel to be... Uh, to not only lose, okay, it'll be one thing to lose to Villanova. It's one thing to lose to Kansas, right? But you lose to an in-state rival that you've been playing since you started your coaching career. I mean, of, of the height, the height of your coaching career. This is the team that's in-state that you got to hear about and see all the damn time, and they knocked you out for all of eternity. Uh. I mean, I, I said on I said on Instagram that would be like Judas having to listen to Jesus talk about how he bought Amazon stock for a hundred dollars for the rest of his life. Judas would go crazy. I mean, Judas did go crazy, but he'd go even crazier if that was the case. I mean, Coach K, this might—I thought that that loss might have Coach K turning to Tom Brady. He might have to come back because you can't end like that. You can't end like that. But then North Carolina went on ahead and lost the biggest lead in NCAA finals history to the Jayhawks. And I bet you that let Coach K sleep a little bit better at night. So, I mean, at least he got that. He got that little feather in his cap, right? <laughs> at least we ain't blow a lead. At least we ain't wet the bed on the national championship game. And I don't even think of it as really wet in the bed. The Jayhawks are just a better team. I mean, not that I know who the hell is on the Jayhawks, but from all you know, intents and purposes, look, they're the number one seed. North Carolina was the eight seed. And you saw it play out when they played the game. North Carolina had that lead, but it was smoke and mirrors. Like, and they had uh, Armando Baycott, who hurt, his, who hurt his ankle in the previous game versus Duke. So he was kind of hobbled. But that dude is the backbone of that team. If he's not out there, the lane is, is on assault. And the Jayhawks just went to work on North Carolina. As soon as Baker, I mean, basically they got that lead to come back. North Carolina couldn't hit a shot to save their lives. I mean, Caleb, Caleb Love, the dude who's then who's that guy who they wouldn't be there uh, if he didn't play lights out against Duke. They wouldn't be in the damn finals. That dude played terrible, and it sucks for him, man. I think he's a sophomore, played his worst game of his career probably in the championship game. So hopefully he can come back from that. But once Baycock went out. At that last minute, oh, game was over. Game was over. That was all Kansas needed to get through and finish this thing up. And I don't know anybody. I mean, literally, I didn't know anybody on the Kansas Jayhawks except for I started hearing the name of Remy Martin. And I still to this day cannot believe that them folks named that kid after a cognac. 
And the Cognac kid showed up well in the game. He had his buckets. He played well. The dude was talking trash. I like I like little Remy Martin. I don't I don't really drink Remy Martin myself because it'll bring the demon out of you. But I like little Remy Martin from Kansas Jayhawks. He was nice. And 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 it's nice to see you know college kids because none of these really none of these dudes are are pros. I mean Baycott is going to be in the league because he's big, but he's not. He's not super agile, not super fast, not explosive or anything like that. The dude for Kansas, uh, McCormick, uh, he's a big dude, but not really. It feels like Kansas always has those big men outside of like Joel Embiid, right? Um, They always got those big men who are just not athletic enough to make the league. They're, they're, They're strong, big you know, good college players, but they never are, they're just not athletic enough to make the league. And North Carolina always has that big dude who's just athletic enough to make the league, but not athletic enough to make a damn difference in the league. So he's always like the 12th man or the 10th man or something like that. It's just fascinating about these teams, how they do this. Um, But it was a great game. I watched it from start to finish. Hopefully next year we'll get some college games that actually that people really want to tune into because it's all about star power. There was really no star power in this game. I mean, outside of Caleb Love, where people are like, oh, okay, this is a dude. Otherwise, there's a bunch of guys who are gonna be 24-hour fitness and, and LA fitness all-stars, right? Or 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 G League All-Stars, or not even G League All-Stars, just G League also rands. And I'm not I'm not no shade to these cats. You know what I'm saying it's just it's a business, it is what it is. These dudes aren't going to make a mark in the league that we're not going to know who they are in a couple of years. Right. But good for them. Good for college basketball. Hopefully this will do. Hopefully this will do something for college basketball where we can have teams be the focal point of the winning instead of the stars, because that's, what's been hurting college basketball for the longest time. It's become, it's like the NBA NBA used to be team driven. Every, all it was the teams being marketed teams, 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 teams. And then all of a sudden you get Michael Jordan show up and then it becomes about the individual. And college can't sustain that because you're not paying these dudes, so they ain't staying long enough to actually be stars on your campus. So I say all that to say, pay the players. Leave back in a second. So, my man Russell Wilson is in the news this week. And we ain't even in the season. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we already had the thing go down where he was traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos for a boatload of picks and a couple of players. And we had some video of him practicing and doing all that stuff with the players and running some drills and yada, yada, yada. But Russell Wilson is in the news for something other than his play on the field. It's his play outside the field and him and his wife, Sierra. Uh, If you do not know, if you live under a rock, Russell Wilson has been married to uh, uh, music uh, star, singer, Ciara. Uh, if you don't know who Ciara is, uh, I suggest you Google her and see her receipts in movies because she bad as hell. <laughs> um, uh, but Russell Wilson has been married to her for, I want to say, six, seven, no, seven, eight years or so, right? And uh, Ciara previously was with Future, the rap artist, Future Hendrix. Very good music. It's one of my favorites to listen to him in the gym. Uh, get the party turned up. He's a good listen to. Uh, but yeah, Ciara used to be with Future. Uh, they were engaged, broke it off, I guess, because Future was running around being Future. <laughs> and Ciara didn't like 
uh, future to be future no more. So she left, and uh, they had a kid together, and Russell Wilson stepped in, uh, been taking care of the kid, and they have two more kids together, and they live a happy life. They're all over the internet. They got a couple businesses together. She's a, she's a millionaire. He's a millionaire the whole deal, right? But Channing Crowder, one of the hosts of the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark and uh, uh, my man uh, Fred, uh, damn it, running back, used to be a really, Fred Taylor, uh, they do a uh, they do a podcast called the Pivot Podcast, which has some really good stuff, really good episodes. But they ended up delving into for some reason they were talking about Russell the Russell Wilson trade, and Shannon Crowder couldn't help but uh, say these words about Russell Wilson and Sierra. I don't know why, but this decided to come up. Um, he was talking about why Sierra would leave a man like Future for someone like Russell. Quote: If Russell ain't have that bread, Sierra ain't gonna be with him. Russell's a square. Russell square. Sierra had a, she has a good situation, but you're not going to leave future and get with Russell Wilson. You don't leave future and get with Russell Wilson. Everybody has a type. Um, and then he goes on and I love him on the field, but anytime you hear somebody praise you and then say, but you are about to be disrespected. And so he says, and I love him on the field, but He's a square. He's a fucking square. And if being married to Sierra, having millions of dollars, um, running all these charities, being beloved in every community you go to is being a square, sign me up for square school. I want square school. Who the hell is Channing Crowder and what the hell is he doing hating on this man? That's all it is. It's just hate. It's pure, unadulterated hate. Like me and Jackson was talking about last week. It's just hate. You don't have to bring this man's name up. You should not be talking about him and his wife. And how the hell you know what, what good a man like Future is? Are you dating Future, Shannon Crowder? Like how you know how good Future is and who should be with him and who should not? And why the hell this woman left and went over here? Like what, what, are, we do- who, what are we doing? Like, and, and why? And this is this is something that just bugs me to death when people start talking about other people's relationships and how other people look and how other people do. Who gives you the the license or the heart, you know, who makes you the harbinger of all things relationship and, 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 and being an expert in it? Like, everything ain't for everybody, right? If you want to date future, Channing Crowder, you go date future. This woman clearly didn't want to be with that man no more, and she wouldn't found somebody that's been great for her, and they've been doing their damn thing for years and years and years. I mean, damn, did Sierra did, did Sierra jinx you on an autograph? Did she did she did she jilt you? Did did Sierra uh, give you a fake phone number? I mean, that make dudes mad. I know that. I know that. You get a fake phone number from somebody, that'll make you mad, right? Maybe Channing got a fake phone number from Sierra years ago or something, right? Or maybe he tried to holler and she just was not receptive to the holler. But otherwise, man, stay off my man Russell. As a lot of y'all know, Russell is my man, okay? Back in 2014, me and Russell did a commercial for uh, Microsoft. Yeah, Russell put some money in my pocket. So Russell good with me. And Russell's decisions off the football field, extra good with me. No hate in my body. Russell, do your thing. Sierra, do your thing. Channing Crowder, shut the hell up, man, and stop all that hating. Stop all that. Just Let's just love. Like the great, late Rodney King once said, can't we all just get along? 
just get along, man. Like, we don't need you out here talking about this man's marriage and his wife and all this stuff. They don't even know you. What are you doing? Be back after the break. Ah, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. I started out this, uh, you know, this year, this NBA season of the podcast. I think I, um, if I remember correctly, I remember mentioning to uh, anybody who would listen, when the Lakers got Russell Westbrook, they were going to turn the league on its head because they were going to be just so dangerous from inside the three-point line. They were going to make the entire NBA wonder why the hell they've been shooting all these threes. And uh, I was wrong, Kevin. I was uh, I was wrong. I don't say this often. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, man, was I wrong. I had friends trying to tell me. Man, you know, I had friends who were, okay, it's still hating. They were predicting doom, right? Oh, the Lakers, they're old. They're going to get hurt. Everybody's going to hurt. I don't ever go into any kind of sport endeavor or looking at a game. I don't ever want anybody to be hurt. I don't ever go in thinking that the worst is going to happen in anything. I want the most entertainment I can possibly have. I want all the stars to play. I want all the stars to play well. I want to go to an NBA game, and I want to see the score be 150 to 159. The game is decided in overtime with one last buzzer beater shot and my team winning. That would be the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in my life. Or let me see a great defensive struggle, and the game ends with one shot to win it all, and somebody makes a shot, and the game is over. I'm about the entertainment. I'm about the fun. I'm not about the doom and gloom predictions of anything. No, man. So when people were talking like that, I was like, man, shut the hell up. Stop being a hater. Just let the season play out. Let's see what goes on. And the season played out. And, man, Anthony Davis hurt. LeBron James hurt. Russell Westbrook, the only one who who played basically the whole damn season, but he basically played like he was hurt because all he did was hurt the damn team until the end. And that was a big deal, right? Well, one of the big deals was is Russell Westbrook, which who they traded for, they they traded and took up his salary, $42 million. And, he, and he's coming back next year for $44 million. Was he going to be able to fit in with LeBron, who is ball dominant, and Russell Westbrook, who's ball dominant and cannot really shoot off the ball, can't shoot with the ball, can't do it, is not a jump shooter. He's a guy who needs the ball, who runs and makes plays for everybody else and just hustles. That's why I love Russell Westbrook. You know, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the turnovers. I don't care about none of that. That dude plays so hard all the time. He doesn't cheat you. If he's not making jumpers, okay. It's it's towards this point in his career where this is who he is. I'm not mad at him for not being able to hit a jumper. You know, yeah, this is who he's been. It's cool. I've come to peace with that. But could he fit in with LeBron and AD? And the answer was no. For the, well, the only I think we only got to see the three of them on the floor together for maybe twenty some odd games, 20, 20 to twenty five games total. You can't get a season together like that. And they brought a bunch of cats in who were going to be ancillary parts, but that didn't even work, right? I mean, you know, you got Melo playing too many minutes. Couldn't use him. 
Could be he just played too many minutes, and he's a defensive liability. For some reason, Frank Vogel doesn't like playing Dwight Howard. I don't know why. When Dwight Howard plays, he looks good to me. For some reason, he didn't want to play that guy. They brought DeAndre Jordan, who is a ghost and shell of his former self, and they had to let him go. Kendrick Nunn didn't play a single game. That dude is 20, I think he's 26, 25 years old. Didn't play a single game. They got Malik Monk, who Malik Monk ended up having to be their second, second, third best player the entire season when that was never supposed to be the thing. So injuries definitely hurt this team. Frank Vogel hurt this team. His coaching, you know, some of his coaching rotations and decision-making. I mean, Jason Kidd was their first choice as a head coach back in the offseason. I mean, before, when they were getting, when they were trying to get Ty Lue, they wanted Ty Lue, but the Lakers wanted to pick his, his assistant coaches and whatnot. I don't know why the hell they would ever do that. This is a championship dude, but they want to act like they want to pick his coaches. So he bounced on that, took the Clipper, I mean, went over to the Clippers, took the Clipper job. And then they wanted Jason Kidd, but they couldn't hire Jason Kidd because Chase, Jason Kidd has had a domestic violence issue years ago, you know, and so that was something they thought about and they didn't want to do that. So they hired him as an assistant. I don't know why you could, why you could, if you could hire the dude as an assistant, if he's had domestic violence, why don't you just hire him as a, as a, as a head coach? If it wasn't that big of a deal, then hire him as a head coach. But they didn't. They played the PR game. They hired Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel got him a cha- won a championship. But anytime you got LeBron, there's only so much credit you're going to get as the coach. LeBron is, in de facto, usually the damn coach because he's the one out there making the damn plays, doing everything. He's usually the de facto GM, too, grabbing these players. And so LeBron gets some of the heat for some of these moves they made. I guess LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. LeBron thought he could get Russell Westbrook in here and things would be different with Russ. But also LeBron could not foresee that Anthony Davis was going to get hurt and miss damn near 50 games. LeBron could not foresee that he was going to miss like 30 games. And so what happened was you had this team of misfits all together, odd parts. They had different starting lineups all up and down the season. And an adjustment that just was never really made, and it might be a sign of things to come, is LeBron should have been the one to go off ball. And I thought about I, th- I thought this earlier, you know, when things were happening, when they when it, when they brought Russell in, I was like, well, Russell's got to learn to play with LeBron and just step back. No, you know what needed to happen? LeBron needed to step back and be off ball because he basically turned into an off ball scorer all season long, right? I mean, you know, after it started to look like this team wasn't going to do anything, wasn't going to do much for the playoffs, and they got eliminated. They eventually got eliminated. LeBron, he, he's leading the league in scoring. That's not LeBron's winning mentality. Not, that's not winning basketball for LeBron to be playing. He was shooting. He's taken the most shots per game that he's done in over a decade. That's not winning basketball. So all he was trying to do basically was like, okay, I'll just shoot the ball. I'll just put up 50 points. I'll put up 40 points or whatever and entertain these people. But that's not winning basketball for LeBron. LeBron needs to be taking 15, 16 shots at the most, right? He, he took 21 a game this year. That's too many shots. That's guys standing around watching LeBron dominate the ball when 
he's got guys who aren't good at standing around. Russell Westbrook should never be just standing around because he's not a shooter. So what's he doing on the court if he's not actually contributing and running around? LeBron should have been the dude to step off ball and play a different style of basketball. And maybe it's LeBron who can't change his stripes, right? And and if you're going to be the greatest of all time, which he already is the greatest of all time, but I wanted to see if LeBron could be a chameleon. Can LeBron change his game up? Because he's going to need to change. He's shooting more threes. He's taking more shots. And you see this with the older players. The, the, as the years go by, they need more shots to get their buckets. Now, he took more shots and he made more buckets, but you're going to start to see as time goes on, you're going to see this: the Kobe Bryant, the Allen Iverson, the Michael Jordan. They're going to pump fake themselves into the damn ground. And I was seeing that a little bit with LeBron this year. Like, he just doesn't have the explosiveness to go by people. No no disrespect, because he is in year 19. I got people messaging me and, and, and commenting, well, uh, Jordan, well, say if, you, if you're the GOAT, you got to get him into the playoffs. In year 19? What, what, so where was that energy when, when, when Michael Jordan was in year 14 and 15 with the Wizards as an also-ran? That was year 14 and 15. LeBron's in year 19 after coming into the league at 18, right? He's got more miles, more tread on his legs than Michael Jordan had at that time, and he still is a first-team All-NBA player. So stop with that. Stop. And then how are you going to be the greatest of all time? You can't get to the playoffs. So was Mike not the greatest of all time in, in 14 and 15, year, season 14 and 15? So did he stop being the greatest of all time in that? No, he didn't. But what y'all want to do is move the goalposts every time something happens with LeBron. And you get these other memes and people messaging, Kobe would have played. See, now he can't do nothing. There's nothing he can do. Right. So when he was playing, you had all the people talking about, oh, he just tried to stat pad. He just trying to get his numbers. And then when he doesn't play is, oh, Kobe would have played. What do you want from the man? Can y'all just admit that you're haters? Stop with the rationale. I don't want to hear your excuses. You're just being a hater. There's nothing that he can do that's going to suffice for you. It was a bad season. And they got to make some changes. Frank Vogel has got to go. Side, right? If you're a big Frank Vogel fan, I'm side. I don't know how many big Frank Vogel fans there are out there, but he got to go. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. They were trash on defense, garbage on defense. Also, because they got old dudes playing, trying to play D. You got LeBron. LeBron don't play no D no more. I mean, he might get a couple of uh, possessions a game, but for real, LeBron is a mismatch on D. He, you, you getting what you want. You got Carmelo, mismatch. All these dudes, Russ. Russ can't guard nobody. And when you're missing Anthony Davis, who is always in talks for Defensive Player of the Year and an MVP candidate, you're missing that dude who anchors your defense. It's a wrap. It was open season on the rim for everybody that played against the Lakers. They're playing LeBron at center for some of these games. Just trying to find a way that they can get mismatches so LeBron can have a mismatch on defense. I mean, on, when he's on offense. But then you're losing all these rebounds. You're getting beat up physically down on the boards. And it just was a, it was a recipe for disaster. And whose fault is that? Is it Vogel or is it LeBron? 
But LeBron ain't going to step out here and, and talk about, oh, it was my fault. I called the lineup. No, Frank Vogel's got to take that bullet, and he's going to be done. He, had, he got a championship. Nice. He'll go back to ESPN and coach for me and, and, and get paid to do some analyzing for a little bit, and then maybe he'll end up with another job, maybe like the Wizards or somebody else that's trash, right? But he had his day in the sun. Game over. And now you got people in the news right now talking, oh, because LeBron was on the shop and he'd be saying, who you like to play with? Steph Curry. And people and Steph Curry, you know, goes through the whole thing and they and he says, uh, I'm I'm good where I'm at, right? But basically he was just saying, it's a fantasy. I'm not I'm not going to the Lakers and LeBron ain't coming to the Golden State Warriors, but it sounds dope that LeBron wants to play with me. But the media is gonna twist it all around and make it sound like LeBron wants to leave the Lakers because that's the narrative they need to do. And it's a Thursday and ain't much going on, right? And the Lakers are out of the playoffs, and LeBron is still the story of the NBA, even though Giannis is the best player in the league, LeBron still is the league. So they're gonna clutch and grab at everything he says everything he does when it's really a non-story and it's a sad story because the Lakers are out and I'm disappointed and now I gotta watch and listen to all my friends and all these people who talk trash about the Lakers be right and I gotta be wrong and the name of the show is I'm probably right and damn it I'm pissed off so let's go to the break Tiger Tiger Woods y'all Tiger is back and playing at the Masters, which is incredible to think about, right? This dude, literally, a year ago, I mean, a year and a month ago, basically, he was hospitalized in serious but stable condition after a single car crash, right, and underwent surgery, emergency surgery, because he had compound fractures, shattered his leg, shattered ankle, right? The dude is back a year later playing at the Masters, and he's one under par, four shots off the lead after the first round. If this dude makes the cut, man, man, like, I ain't even no big golf dude, but I watch golf when Tiger Woods is playing. I, I just, since I was a kid, what was it? I think it was 1994, 95, when he won his first Masters, yo, I've been I've been about some damn Tiger Woods on golf. Hell, Tiger Woods had me going to the driving range hitting balls when I started I started seeing this little black looking dude because you know he don't always want to be black. He want to be Cablin Asian or whatever that is. So I seen this dude who looked kind of like me out there hitting them balls with with them white dudes. I was like, yo man, I could do that. So I was going to the, dri- the, the the driving range and pow pow, not hitting the ball at all. I was terrible. But I still was going all the time, going to the putting green, trying to get my putts up, going to play putt-putt golf. And, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I was doing all that because Tiger Woods, man. So I'm so excited to watch him back at the Masters, which I hate that word. I wish they would. They can't, they can't change it, but the Masters. It's, just, it's in the South, and before they would never let black players there or anything. It just always ugh, just bugged me a little bit, just calling it the Masters. But it is what it is. And I'm excited to see to see Tiger. I watched I watched him all day today. Watched him all day. He uh oh man, he almost he almost had a couple of dope ass birdies, but he just just a little bit off. But this is what Tiger does. He starts out in the first round, gets his feel for it. Second round, he comes back and gets a little bit closer. Third round is when he makes his move, and then fourth round, man, if that dude's got any kind of lead, wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. So I'm excited, man, to watch. It's just a great, great story that the dude is coming back because, hell, I mean, 
it was like life threatening. I mean, and and some of the reports that were coming out when he was when that accident happened made it sound like he might have done this on purpose. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully Tiger's got himself together. I mean, he looks like he's got himself together out there on the course. His kids out there. You know what I'm saying? He's been playing golf. Uh, with his son, you know, a couple months ago, and, and they placed in second place at a father daughter, I mean, father son little tournament, doubles tournament. Um, so I'm excited for it. I can't wait, and it's just huge for golf too, right? You can see all these dudes just love the fact that Tiger's out there because it means more money, more advertising, more sponsors show up. I mean, the Masters is cracking. I saw, man, I saw. This is how you know they rich as hell at the Masters. I seen the menu for the food at the masters you can get a whole sandwich whole chicken sandwich at the masters for i think it's 350 $3.50 cents 350 cents for a chicken salad sandwich i think it's a buck 50 for the pimento and cheese sandwich which sounds a little gross to me but hey man that's what rich people do right that's what rich people do south. They eat the pimento sandwich. I don't know. I just never had it. I ain't going to hate on it. I'll try it one day if I can get to the Masters. But that's how rich they are. They ain't even breaking your back for no food. They're like, oh, we got it. Here, go ahead. They got it. They don't even need it. I mean, the Masters are so rich. I remember there was there was like advertisers, right, who were trying to uh, shade them for not having a female uh, member they still hadn't let females in right women into the, the uh to the to the club the masters decided they could just put the masters on their damn selves and they did no advertisements that's how big they are how rich they are they don't need your damn money so here take this dollar fifty cheese sandwich take this three dollar <laughs> chicken club sandwich take a two dollar Arnold Palmer. Where you get a $2 drink anywhere? Hell, McDonald's don't even get you, uh, let you have a drink for two bucks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, hell, my wife don't even let me have a drink for $2 in my house. It, it costs. The master's out here printing money, and they just giving away cheese sandwiches and chicken club sandwiches like it's nothing. But I can't wait for this weekend. I hope he makes the cut. It's going to be must-see TV. I'm going to be watching after I go to the beach because, Kevin, as we talked about, it's hot as hell in L.A. right now. So it's about to be 90 degrees this weekend. I'm taking my butt to the beach, and I'll be in front of my TV watching Tiger, Tiger Woods. Y'all, he's back. And we'll be back next week. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you for listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but do not be hating. Share the podcast. If you like it, share it with your people. And make sure to find us on Instagram at I'm underscore probably underscore right. And find us on the Believe Podcast Network, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Kevin Cleveland, thank you so much for running the board's engineering. We'll see you all next week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.